This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. How does TikTok pose a threat to national security? What are the privacy concerns with TikTok? And what does the FBI have to say about all of this? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. It's no surprise that we live in a world dominated by social media. You might actually be scrolling right now as you listen to this podcast because it is so darn accessible. We've had Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter around for a while, but a few years ago, another social media giant sprung onto the scene and absolutely took off. Whether you've done one of the many dance challenges, spent hours going through your feed, or were just simply sent a video from another user, you're probably familiar with TikTok, which is owned by the Beijing-based tech giant ByteDance. With over one and a half billion users, I don't have to tell you that TikTok is very popular. Perhaps too popular. The reason I say that is because of what that could mean for our national security. The app has recently garnered some negative attention from the FBI over national security concerns, so much so that some states are taking action. As of November 2022, in a move spearheaded by Governor Kristi Noem, the app is banned on government employee devices in South Dakota. So why is it such a threat? What role does China play in these recent claims? And what government action has been taken to mitigate the danger the app poses? Well, here to talk me through all of this is the senior Republican on the Federal Communications Commission, Brendan Carr. And Brendan joins me now. How's it going? Um, This is kind of a scary topic, but a very enlightening one, I'm sure. I'm doing really well. So good to join you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, all right. TikTok. This is this is a topic of conversation over the last. Well, how, how long has TikTok been around? Well, it was purchased in I believe 2018 okay. from a company called Musically by uh, TikTok. So, in its current iteration, it's been a couple of years. But yeah, it's it's immensely immensely popular. Obviously, millions and millions of Americans, particularly young children, are on it. So, yeah. Right. So like around four years ago, we had this app come. If so, 2018, um, I looked this up. It says that TikTok has been downloaded over two billion times on the App Store and Google Play. TikTok users spend an average of 45.8 minutes per day on the app. That's a lot of time. Uh, Too much time. But look, Brendan, TikTok collects so much data Um, right here in its privacy policy. It says Uh, collects, quote, information you provide in the context of composing, sending, or receiving messages. What does that mean? Well, look, so many people look at TikTok and they think, you know, it's just a fun platform for sharing uh, videos and uh, dance memes and and other fun stuff. Um, But that's really just the sheep's clothing. Uh, Underneath, it operates as a very sophisticated surveillance technology. It's not the videos itself that you're uploading. A lot of people get distracted by that and they say, what's the what's the value in that to Beijing? But to your point, what TikTok collects or reserves the right to collect is everything from search and browsing history, keystroke patterns, 
biometrics, including voice prints and face prints. And for years, TikTok officials told government officials here in Washington, D.C., don't worry, all of this is stored outside of China. There's basically no data or only a limited data set that ever finds its way back to Beijing. And that's where things stood for a number of years until this summer when there was a blockbuster BuzzFeed news story that got internal TikTok communications. And what that showed was that, quote, everything is seen in China. So all this data, this private data, this sensitive data, again, above and beyond the actual video itself is being accessed from inside Beijing. And that was a new revelation and it was deeply disturbing. It can be used for espionage. It can be used for foreign influence campaigns. Um, and then there's a whole other aspect of it, which is the content that's being disseminated to our young people. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Quick question about you named these things that they can collect. So search history, for instance. So that's not just search history within the app. That's if I go on my let's say I have TikTok and I go on my iPhone and I search in my engine, my search engine. Is that what it's referring to? Well, in the main, what's referred to there is, I think, in-app searches. So a lot of people now are entering all sorts of searches and search terms in the app itself, including searches now looking for news and information. And those searches in the app uh, can be obtained and transferred back. But there's also been studies, to your point, that have shown that the app has an ability to gather information, for instance, things put on clipboards in devices that are outside the app itself. So it's pretty scary, just the the full scope of data that, that can be downloaded uh, and obtained. Completely. And then the second thing that you said, so I think about myself, and again, I don't have a TikTok, but um, I could imagine if I did have a TikTok, it'd probably be me looking up a lot of surfing videos or something like that, <laughs> uh, maybe rock climbing. And so, I, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, that's that's just me. I, I look, so who cares if they see that? But this also, I mean, this is so far reaching. I'm curious how TikTok poses a threat to national security if China can be collecting all of this data from us. Well, there's a lot of opportunities. I mean, Beijing is always engaged in um, espionage and foreign influence campaigns. The ability to get detailed information about individual Americans is a potential threat. You know, one piece of evidence we have is there was a, a story, I believe, in uh, Forbes a couple weeks ago that had a Beijing-based um, organization that worked for TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, using the application to surveil the location of specific Americans. Now, the story did not reveal who the specific Americans were that they were surveilling, but that just gives you a sense of the very serious national security threats that's posed here. The other thing is a lot of the military branches have already banned um, uh, military personnel from using TikTok on their official government devices, and there's been warnings and concern about them using on their personal devices. So, for instance, there was a TikTok challenge called the the Barracks Challenge, I believe it was, where it was encouraging uh, military members to take, you know, video footage and audio footage from on military bases and upload. And obviously, it was very popular to take videos of sophisticated military equipment, including fighter jets, and upload it. So, you can very quickly see from a national security perspective, particularly with location information, being able to understand, you know, where troops are and troop movements, how that can 
can be a challenge. So it's a very big national security challenge. In fact, you know, FBI Director Christopher Wray has now testified in Congress and said that from the FBI's perspective, it's a very serious national security threat. And then just to level set real quick with the listeners about where things are generally, we mentioned at the start that 2018 purchase of Musical.ly. And because of that, there is now an ongoing review inside the Biden administration's Treasury Department, an organization called CFIUS, Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S., that is reviewing that transaction. And that organization has uh, a lot of different potential solutions on the table, including potentially unwinding the purchase, effectively banning uh, the app here in America. And that review inside the Biden administration has been ongoing for well over a year at this point. And we're just seeing an increasing number of calls for the administration to take tough uh, affirmative action on TikTok, because frankly, I just don't see a technical path forward where we can allow the app to continue to operate consistent with national security. But we'll we'll see what the final decision here is from the Biden administration. Hopefully, you know, within weeks or months at most, uh, we'll get a final decision from the Treasury Department. Do you see that happening potentially? And how would that look? It just you could you wouldn't be able to download TikTok on the app store. Yeah, that's right. We could we could through that CFIUS process unwind that transaction, which would effectively, you know, prohibit the operation of TikTok here. And if you'd ask me six months ago what what the odds of the Biden administration doing that are, I would say they're fairly low. But at this point in time, I now think the odds every single day are going up. In fact, I think the tide is is moving out on TikTok because it's bipartisan. You know, you've got Democrat chairman of the Senate Intel Committee. Uh, Senator Mark Warner, Democrat, who has he's someone that gets daily intelligence briefings that would probably result in uh, me and other people having to change their shorts after seeing the seriousness of the the security threats we face as a country. He gets those briefings every day. He has come out and said that it is TikTok that scares the dickens out of him. And so I think the tide is starting to to turn on TikTok. And it's just a question of time. And really, again, from the parents' perspective, here's what's to keep in mind: the sister app of TikTok that is allowed to operate in China is called Doyan. So the parent of TikTok is a group called ByteDance. TikTok itself doesn't operate in China, but the sister app called Doyan does, but it's very, very different. So in China, the version of TikTok displays to kids museum exhibits, science experiments, educational materials. In the US, it displays things like the Blackout Challenge. The Blackout Challenge uh, is a viral TikTok meme that encourages kids to suffocate themselves. And we have seen numerous instances now in this country where kids, including a girl as young as 10 years old, that was fed that video by TikTok's algorithm, ended up doing the Blackout Challenge and killed herself. And TikTok was sued, but the court found that um, there was nothing that could be done because of Section 230 and and other reasons. But I think it, it shines a very bright light on the differences between what China allows in terms of ByteDance, the parent company in China, and what our young people are getting fed in, in the not just, again, we talked about the national security risk, but this is more sort of just a, a personal a family parental risk that people really need to keep an eye on with this application. So what you're saying is that TikTok doesn't exist. So it's called something different in China. And right. that application is encouraging education while here it's encouraging these viral challenges. Exactly. And this is why I've talked about TikTok being wow. China's digital fentanyl. Uh, in terms of the the divisive material that's being fed, you know, material that is you know encouraging ADHD, uh, body image issues, but you know most directly uh, this blackout challenge content. And so again, there's there's many many challenges with with TikTok. We you know national security, uh, 
again, location tracking that we talked about that Beijing can do through the app, the issue in terms of content being fed to our young kids, blackout challenge. But there's another one, which is, you know, Beijing has set its sights on uh, leading the globe in artificial intelligence by 2030. And when they use artificial intelligence or AI, it is very much for authoritarian purposes. They use it right now to keep track of and control their own people, but they want to use AI to sort of export those malign uh, actions that, that Beijing's taking. Every time that someone swipes on a TikTok video, watches a video, enters a search, what you're really doing is you're sending data back to Beijing. That data is feeding, training, strengthening, and improving China's malign AI operation. And so we could very well come to regret the sophisticated nature of China's AI in a way that's totally unrelated to TikTok itself. But the millions and millions of American users are training and improving China's AI as we speak. And so I think we need to take an action here, you know, for all of these reasons, including starting to cut off the growth of China's AI, which again can be used for, for malign purposes. Well, I, I actually have the goosebumps. And you know what's what's so crazy about that, too? I want to look up this stat that I saw. Um, it says 62% of app users in the U.S. are between 10 and 29 years old. So you think a 10-year-old is thinking, oh, you know, if I swipe, that's really feeding the AI that's, you know, in China. <laughs> no, they're not. And that's the danger. Right. And China knows exactly what it's doing. It's targeting these young kids who have no idea. And unless it was for people like you, people probably wouldn't even really be thinking about this. And another thing you said that was a little terrifying to me I'm back going back to the barracks challenge you were talking about um yeah. that could have been put there by china i mean it's of course you know they they could just like they're feeding these other viral challenges they could be feeding your algorithm this barracks challenge so they're getting all this information about u.s military bases because people are like oh it's just a harmless challenge i'm going to show people what my life in the military is like no you're giving data to china about the the layout of your military base yeah, you're right. I mean, look, this this TikTok is a direct line from Beijing, from the CCP into the ears, the eyes, and the brains of millions and millions of Americans. And, and that's really scary. And we're seeing some pushback. You know, recently we had uh, Governor Nome, a good friend of mine, uh, the governor of South Dakota. She issued a state order that banned TikTok from state devices. Um, the governor of South Carolina, McMaster's, just did the same thing. I believe as, as soon as today, uh, uh, the governor of Maryland is taking similar action. And the concern is not just bipartisan here in the US, it's global. I was recently, a few weeks ago in Taiwan, and one of the meetings that I did there was with their Ministry of Digital Affairs talking to them about TikTok and the threats. And again, just this week, they have now banned uh, TikTok from Taiwan, as well as a, mm. a broad range of other applications that are potentially controlled by the PRC. Europe is interested in this. The European Commission has noted that they have launched a couple of investigations and proceedings into TikTok's data flows. And so when I say the tide is going out on TikTok, it, it's really true. It's not just in the US and bipartisan, it's global. Now, in the US, TikTok itself says that they're negotiating with the Treasury Department, CFIUS, as we mentioned, to allow them to continue to operate. And a couple, well, about a month ago, there was a New York Times report that said that there was a preliminary deal that was struck between the Biden administration and TikTok. But since then, things have been sort of heading the other way. And there's been a number of leaks recently that attribute inside the Biden administration, national security officials saying that they're not sure that that preliminary deal is tough enough on TikTok and on China. And so I do think we're at a very, very important tipping point moment where 
this is effectively an IQ test for the Biden administration. Are we going to stand up uh, and be tough on China and this security threat, or are we not? Now, people that argue that we should allow TikTok to operate, they point to this thing called Project Texas. And what Project Texas is, is this idea that we're going to move a lot of TikTok's operations to Oracle's uh, cloud infrastructure here in the US. And so we will be able to identify the data that goes back to Beijing. We'll be able to see changes to the algorithm. And they put a lot of stock in Oracle and Project Texas. I don't do that for a couple reasons. One, there was a leaked internal communication that, again, I think Forbes reported on that had a TikTok official in California meeting with another TikTok official that was familiar with the Project Texas Oracle work. And the employee was asked by that other person, again, offsite, outside of business hours, for detailed information about the location of the Oracle servers and other specific information about it. So it struck me that at a point in time in which we are negotiating to rely on the security of Oracle servers for uh, transferring this TikTok information that TikTok officials are, in, in my assessment, attempting to case the location and other information about those servers. Similarly, there was internal communications from a TikTok Washington, D.C. official talking about Project Texas, and they said there, at the end of the day, it remains to be seen if they said product and engineering, which means Beijing, can still get access to the data after that process because these are their tools. They built them in China. And so when I say that this is a basic IQ test, when you have TikTok officials themselves saying that this Project Texas move, they can't be certain will prevent Beijing from getting access to the data, I think we should believe them. And that's why I just don't see a technical path forward. We can cut a deal with TikTok uh, that will allow it to continue to operate here. Wow. I, it's, I mean, it's, it really is scary because you, you had mentioned before that China wants to become you know, gl a global leader in AI, but China also has an interest in being a world superpower. So they have their talents in so many different aspects of our life. Obviously, they do a lot of our manufacturing and with the drug companies. I mean, there's a lot that's going on in China. So if they can use TikTok to be monitoring and gathering information, it truly is a scary thought people need to pay more attention to. I was reading uh, Wall Street Journal this morning and there was a headline that said TikTok national security deal faces more delays as worry grows over risks. What are those worries? Yeah, that story, which I just saw as well, is, is very good news. And this is basically one of the first significant follow-up articles on that New York Times one from a week, uh, sorry, from a month or so ago that said that uh, there was internal concern within the Biden administration. This article basically just continues that idea and says, look, there continue to be officials in the Biden administration who are concerned about that preliminary deal that was floated a, a month or so ago. So I think that's net-net a very good sign. Uh, that things are trending the right way. Mm -hmm. And again, those concerns are all the ones that we talked about that you know you really can't stop Beijing from getting access to this data, that even if you could, that the algorithm will continue to operate as a direct line of communication directly into millions and millions of Americans. So again, I, I hope that uh, the Biden administration, you know, passes the the basic IQ test on this. And from my perspective, you know, I'm an FCC commissioner, and so we don't have direct regulatory authority over TikTok per se. But the reason I got interested in this is because we do have authority over very similar issues. So a lot of listeners have heard about Huawei, ZTE, and similar technologies. And we've taken concrete steps to the FCC to ban the use of Huawei, ZTE, and other devices in our networks. These are devices that have companies that are ultimately beholden to the Communist Party in China. And so for me, I have some experience in dealing with entities beholden to the CCP and data flows. That's what Huawei is. And in many ways, TikTok is similar. So even though the regulatory action here would be Treasury or perhaps the Federal Trade Commission or perhaps the Commerce Department. Um, I thought it was sort of incumbent on me to bring my experience to bear 
in talking about uh, this issue. And, and again, with Huawei, we just saw a lot of malign activity. I was in in um, Great Falls, Montana, for instance. This is you know way northern part uh, of the state. Uh, Maelstrom Air Force Base is there, and that's where we ho host. Um, number of uh, ICBM missile silos. And these silos are spread out all across northern Montana. There's just nothing up there. It's wheat fields. Uh, it's big sky country, uh, no real population centers, but dotted throughout those wheat fields were cell towers running very high power Huawei gear, including uh, you know camera surveillance technologies that, quite frankly, was very over-provisioned uh, for providing cell service to you know cow pastures and, and wheat fields. And what we saw was a lot of um, data traffic that was concerning to us. And so, you know, we have a, a long experience at the FCC on these issues. And I think, again, working with TikTok is very similar, but it's it's part of a broader effort. Um, you know, DJI is concerning to me. That's a, a Shenzhen-based drone company. And I do think we need to just take a, a broader look at all of these entities that are uh, beholden to the CCP. We'll be right back after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I feel like you've answered this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, just to kind of get a concise answer on this. But given the fact that this is a Chinese company, when you talk about government actions on our end that could be taken to combat the potential national security threat, how does that exactly work, given the fact that we don't own this app? Yeah, there's a lot of things that can be done. So again, if you unwind the original purchase, it makes it you know illegal for it to be operated here, another potential action is I've <clears throat> written a letter earlier this year to Google and Apple, which run you know the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, which is effectively one of the only ways that people really get these apps downloaded on their phones. And I've written those two companies, and I've said that they should remove uh, TikTok from the app stores, sort of separate and apart from the whole national security concern, because they have policies in place that that say that apps can't be in their app stores if they're pulling data that's not being disclosed, if the data is being used for purposes um, that are different than what they disclose. And there's precedent where apps have sent data to China before without disclosing it, and Google and Apple have booted them from the app store. So from my perspective, just the information we have about the amount of data that's being collected, the you know reveals about it being accessed entirely from inside Beijing is enough to say, look, almost separate apart from national security, you're out of compliance with you know app store disclosure and data usage. And so they should be booted. Now, Apple and Google uh, haven't taken that action, but I do think that's another sort of direct way of, uh, of forcing this issue. Obviously, money is at the crux of everything, but why wouldn't Google have it in their interest to follow that and take this, you know, prevent TikTok from being on the app store? Well, I think you're right. I think it is is money at the end of the day. You know, Google and Apple are increasingly facing a lot of uh, antitrust and competition claims from DOJ, from state attorney generals. In fact, I recently wrote a letter uh, to DOJ's head of antitrust, uh, Jonathan Cantor, where I said, you know, Google and Apple in the main are defending themselves against these antitrust cases by claiming that they are acting to promote safety and trust and privacy. But the reality is if you look at their conduct in the app store, whether it's the apps they've taken off or the apps they've refused to take off, 
you know, the line that's drawn by that conduct is not a line that defines trust and privacy and safety. To your point, it's a line that uh, points to their own economic self-interest. When it's a smaller app, not a big deal, um, they'll remove it from the app store. But if it's a big app, popular app like, you know, TikTok with millions and millions of users, they don't. So while they claim to be exercising this gatekeeper control for trust and privacy and safety, the reality is they're just acting in their economic self-interest. So that's that's deeply concerning, particularly for Apple, which is a company that continues to come to Washington, D.C. and give these flowery speeches about how they, you know, stand up for human rights and they want to protect privacy. And they've claimed that, you know, their walled garden approach to the Apple App Store makes sense because it prevents foreign governments from surveilling users. But obviously, you know, TikTok is is the shining example that, that says that's not really the case. That's not really what's going on here. Right. Um, so if you're going to boil down the issue and it, it maybe take the the China issue off the, the table because we talked a lot about that, but how are the privacy concerns with TikTok different than, say, an Instagram, a Facebook or a Twitter? It's a good question. You know, I have a I have a baseline level of concern with all applications that are mm -hmm. pulling consumer data. I mean, people just don't know how much data is being pulled from an app or even the phone itself. You know, there's an example of, you know, Google, Android phones, for instance, that is just constantly pulling location information. There's barometric pressure sensors in these devices. So they know when you go up and down an elevator, they know when a car door slams, when you get what? into a taxi cab from the changes in barometric pressure. I mean, it's amazing. And all this stuff gets sent back to Silicon Valley. And now for all the faults of Silicon Valley, and I, I've <clears throat> faulted them for an awful lot, at the end of the day, they are operating in a you know capitalist system. They're pursuing capitalist goals, and they're also operating within a, you know, judicial system that does protect individual liberty. So there's a baseline level of concern that I have for all applications, for all devices, that we need to do a better job in this country with baseline data privacy protections. But all those concerns that I have are you know, that much more heightened when you're dealing with a system, Beijing, for which nothing is allowed to operate in Beijing to bring people joy, as they, they claim TikTok does, or to make money. You're only allowed to operate or do business by the Communist Party if you are uh, operating in their view in furtherance of keeping them in power. And so there's just a whole nother level of concern that comes when that data ultimately goes back to a company tied to the CCP. And look, there was the C COO of TikTok that was testifying in Congress a couple of weeks ago, and she was asked point blank, I believe by Senator Hawley, you know, do you provide this data to the government of China? She said, no, that's a good thing. She was then asked, do you provide this data to the CCP? She said, no, also a good answer. And then uh, the third question was, you know, do you send this back to employees who are themselves members of the CCP? And the TikTok CEO, COO said that she would prefer not to answer that mm. question. So I think that's very telling that not only are they getting this data, not only are they sending it back to Beijing, but literally the recipients of this data are CCP members themselves. My goodness. That's, that, it's crazy when you really think about it. Is there anyone else who can collect data from TikTok? You know, look, there's all... All, all sorts of sort of third-party aggregators that could potentially be be sold this data. So it does sort of go beyond. Uh, but at the end of the day, I really can't think of any more sort of nefarious uh, holder of the data on millions and millions of Americans than the Communist Party of China. I mean, again, you look at FBI Director Chris Ray, and he has said that you know China poses the greatest long-term interest to America's national security of any entity out there. And he has said that China is willing to use any tool at their disposal to pursue that goal. I think he's right. And I think, you know, TikTok is uh, one of the tools that the CCP is going to look to use. Mm -hmm. Just to revisit quickly what you said about the FBI, you touched on it briefly, but can you delve a little deeper into what the FBI has to say about all this? 
Yes, FBI Director Chris Wray um, has issued a couple statements now in the last couple of weeks, including testifying in Congress and saying that from the FBI's perspective, they have serious national security concerns with TikTok. And why that's significant is because the FBI, either in its own um, uh, for its own self or through the DOJ, participates in that CFIUS Treasury-based um, review. And so you've now got. Janet Yellen, uh, the the Treasury Secretary, recently saying about a week or two ago that she has national security concerns with TikTok. You've got Chris Ray saying, and you've got Democrat Mark Warner, chair of Senate Intel, and you've got uh, anonymous sources saying that there's others in DOJ with concerns. So again, I think all of that is evidence that the tide is moving out on TikTok, um, and I have a hard time seeing how, with Chris Ray being so public with the FBI director being so public about national security that the Treasury Department could actually try to land this plane while approving continued data flows back to Beijing. So I think it's very significant in the sense that it is effectively, I think, walking the Biden administration into a corner that I just think they're going to have a hard time saying, yes, FBI has national security concerns, but nonetheless, we're going to allow TikTok to continue to operate. And again, that's separate from the concerns about just what is this content that's being uh, fed to our, our our young children? Right. And to your point of content being fed to young children, I keep going back to what you said about these viral challenges and how they're kind of put on this app, encouraging people to do these things. Can yeah. the same be said about misinformation? Is there any misinformation that you believe is coming from China that kids are receiving on their end that they can't decipher without Googling? Is this true or not? Oh, for sure. I think this is this is the concern with the you know potential for foreign influence campaign. I mean, right now we're seeing very very active protests in uh, all across China. Really, protests against lockdowns, protests more generally against the authoritarianism of the CCP. And I, and I can guarantee you that those protests are not being uh, highlighted on TikTok. In fact, uh, China's sort of ministry that deals with this uh, reached out to all of the social media companies, including TikTok's parent company, and asked them, directed them, indicated to them that they should be censoring information about those protests. So if you're you know a TikTok user, a Doyan user in China, I can guarantee you that you're not getting to see directly uh, the very serious protests that are taking place right now. And so it's deeply concerning. Again, if you step back, you know there was a, a survey done recently among young people in China about what they wanted to aspire to be when they grew up. And I think the leading one there was you know, an astronaut or something like that. And in the US, the same survey came back with young people saying they wanted to be influencers. Mm. And I think this is a very, very dangerous uh, fork in the road in terms of you know the capacity of our populations and what we're aspiring to be, and I, and I think it, it's just not a leap to say that you know Beijing is intentionally playing into divisive content uh, and trying to derail uh, us from aspiring to continue to be you know a strong global leader. Again, this concept of digital fentanyl of an, infecting the mindset and approach of America's young people—it's it, really dangerous. Right. I, I'm I'm curious because there's there, there have been a lot of things we've talked about in terms of the dangers of TikTok. What do you think is the most dangerous thing for a regular user who maybe doesn't work in the government, um, doesn't, you know, isn't in the military, things like that? Just a regular old Joe on the street. What's the biggest danger? Well, I think it's just you're being, you know, manipulated by, you know, Beijing unknowingly. So they'll learn something about you. Well, this person really likes, you know, soccer or they really like weightlifting. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're you're gonna start to be fed content through the frame of, you know, some soccer star or some, you know, weightlifter. And it's gonna be, you know, content that is, you know, very favorable to Beijing. So they'll understand your frame of reference, what you tend to like. And then the 
the app has the capacity to then feed you, you know, pro Beijing content through that. But again, you know, there's all sorts of other ways that, you know, search and browsing history and keystroke patterns and biometrics and um, the potential for that to be used for nefarious purposes by Beijing is, is sort of, you know, rather unlimited. Right. Um, last question I have for you as we wrap things up here. A lot of people have TikTok already. Um, if someone's listening to this podcast who has TikTok or is thinking about getting TikTok, what would you tell them? Well, I'd say don't do. It. I mean, look, even if you look at some of the the government officials that are that are on it, including you know some of the content that reporters or even uh, White House officials put out. Um, all of these officials are using, when you ask them, burner phones, and they'll tell you, oh, don't worry, we're taking all sorts of special protections. We're cutting the videos in one device. We're sending it to another device. But all of that to me is not evidence that you know this is an app you should be using. That is you know, admission that there's very serious problems here. Because when you are having to use a burner device, and again, the White House doesn't allow TikTok on devices inside the White House, but yet they're still uh, put content out there. It's dangerous because you're attracting people to these platforms, indicating it's okay for them to use, while you yourself don't think it's okay to use, and yet you're not telling people the protective steps that you're taking. So I think that's a, that's a really serious thing. If you're not willing to have TikTok on your own device, uh, use it you know, at your own location, upload from there, but yet you, you, you think it's okay to put content there, which attracts other people to the site, I think that's, that's a mistake. Right. Well, Brendan, thank you so much for coming on Getting Schooled. I really appreciate it. Senior Republican on the FCC, you have been so amazing. And I think the first thing I do when I leave this this recording booth is yell to the floor. Everyone needs to delete their TikTok. <laughs> exactly right. Great to be with you. Really appreciate it. anything from class these are my office hours and here are some top takeaways about recent claims that tiktok is a threat to national security number one this security concern is a bipartisan issue so it has support from both sides of the aisle in fact south dakota's christy Nome has already banned tiktok from government phones and maryland is looking into legislation that will do something similar number two something that is concerning is what our children are being fed on this app the majority of TikTok users are ages 10 to 29, and on the Chinese version of TikTok, those feeds are showing things like museums and educational material. But in the U.S., people are seeing things like the Blackout Challenge, encouraging kids to make themselves pass out, and the Barracks Challenge, wanting military members to give tours of their barracks. Of course, we also get educational material as well, but our app here in the U.S. looks a lot different than the app that is run in China. And number three, Brendan brings up the point that Beijing wants to be a global leader in AI by 2030. And every time you swipe or click on TikTok, you're making Chinese artificial intelligence smarter. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast on TikTok. For more podcasts, you can listen to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.